now, do you, like, really, when you're in, when you get hot, do you really feel like it's, you know, life and death and, you know, you're mm-hmm. really, really uncomfortable and you can't go on. You physically can't go on. I'm like, yeah. She's like, then you might have this thing. It's a real thing. It's a heat intolerance, Jane. Okay. I don't know if I have it, but I say I do because I feel like I do. <laughs> you answered and the question have, correctly. And you have um, dubbed it casmeritis. Yes. So, <laughs> Welcome to Hey You Know It. My name is Jaquetta Sotmar, and I'm here with my co-host, Katie Kazmier. Hey You Know It is a podcast that tells you how it is or how it should be. You can listen to Hey You Know It on iTunes, a new episode every Monday. And here they are, Jaquetta and Katie. Progress and innovation. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Today on Hey You Know It. It's like corporate. Dude. Yeah. Dateline. What are your pillars? Progress and innovation. Progress and innovation. We're moving forward, folk, in 2020 is what we're trying to say here. This is this episode is about progress and innovation. And innovation. These are the things that make the world go forward. Yeah. So we're not sitting in our own luck. So I want to start off with this. Uh, it's about jargon. So a lot of times when people are talking about science, right, mm-hmm. we're, we're reading articles about science, um, they say here that when you use jargon, it kills people's interest in science. Not just science, but also politics. The okay. use of jargon, even when defined, uh, it's too late. Okay. So I was reading this article because, you know, I think we both enjoy reading material that is challenging for us. Yes. You know, we're kind of nerdy. And I, I like reading about science. I'm not a scientist, you guys know, from listening to me for the past 10 years. And I'm not a scientist either. Katie is also not. We've had a scientist on here before. Yes. Um, and he knew what he was talking about. Surprise, everyone. I'm yes, not a scientist. not a scientist. But I don't, I, I don't feel alienated. When I'm reading an article about something that's scientific mm-hmm. um, and I see a word that I don't know, I either look it up or I try to figure it out from the context or sometimes in the article because I'm not reading journals, right? I'm reading like Science Daily. They explain what it is. But apparently for a lot of people, this isn't enough. It says the um, people exposed to jargon when reading about subjects like self-driving cars or robots say they are less interested in science who, than others who read about the same topics without the use of specialized terms. Mm-hmm. So basically they're saying if you're going to talk about science with the general public, you have to dumb it down. Otherwise, people will become disinterested and they can't understand it. I find this hard to believe. So they also said people who um, read jargon were less likely to think they were good at science, felt less informed, and felt less qualified. But also, they disagree with it. You know what I mean? They don't, they're that stupid. They, they don't understand, I don't understand it, but I, I disagree. Yeah, I, I don't understand it, but I know I don't like it. I know it's I know, it's, I know it's bad. It's wrong. I don't get it. It said it makes no difference if the jargon terms, for example, like vigilance, decrement, and laparoscopy were defined in the text, even when they define the term, so like the word, then comma, what it means, another comma in the Mm -hmm. back of the sentence, people feel still feel like a jargon wasn't explained. I would like to see these people that they they talk to because in all the years that I've taught literacy, that's how you tell people to like figure things out. That's how you learn. That's how you learn. I don't know. No. People just don't want on. The problem is that the mere presence of jargon, so words, <laughs> specialized vocabulary, sends a discouraging message. Um, it tells the use of difficult specialized words are a signal that tells people they don't belong or that they should go out and learn, is yeah. what I'm thinking. You can tell them what it, the term means, but it, it doesn't matter. They already feel that this message isn't for them. 
I feel like this must be something that you learn early in life to, to reject anything mm-hmm. that you don't immediately understand. Well, um, it's it's insecurity. People who are threatened by anything new yeah. or like being exposed as not knowing, mm-hmm. which is silly because everybody has to learn everybody, uh, all sorts of things. Yeah, and it's not like you reach a point and now you're the you're the you're perfect. Yeah, everyone continues to learn. So what's interesting is not only does this. Um, predispose people to not want to read about science, but mm-hmm. that's, it's the same for politics as well. So as we're talking about progress and innovation, and um, I think that we should try to always learn what these words mean, look into things more, mm-hmm. and not just reject it because we don't understand it. They say that, oh, when you use more colloquial language when talking about immigration policy or science, people um, are more interested and they understand more, and they have more confidence mm-hmm. in their opinions. But that's this to me is a pathway towards complete ignorance, right? We have got to get past being scared off by jargon. These mm-hmm. are just other words that you haven't met yet. Yeah, that's all. Um, so it says we can get citizens to engage with complex political and scientific issues if we communicate with them in language that um, they understand. So they give an example. Here's the jargon version. Mm-hmm. This system works because of AI integration through motion scaling and tremor reduction. Okay, I had to read that sentence twice, but I think I understand what it means. The no jargon version says, this system works because of programming that makes the robot's movements more precise and less shaky. But that's not that's not helping someone to move forward. No, 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 no. You know, so AI inter- uh, motion scaling and tremor reduction. If you're going to continue to read about this kind of stuff, you should know those terms. Not everybody has time to um, dumb down all the vocabulary for you. Right. Different industries have different jargon for reasons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For there's a reason for it. There's a difference between saying uh, talking about motion scaling. And uh, tremor reduction, and then saying something's just less shaky. Yeah. It, it, there's a reason tremor, for tremor it. Tremor reduction probably means that there is a scale that everybody knows in that industry. Yeah. A reduction means below a certain amount. But a, a, less shaky is so... But a tremor in my mind is different than... It seems less than shaking mm-hmm. to me. Like a tremor seems more subtle to me yeah. than shaking. Yes. So there are, that's why we have. There are nuances, there are, there are industry definitions that are taken into consideration, and it's too bad. If these people are going to be left behind, they're going to be left behind. They're going to be left behind. You can't. Yeah. Progress and innovation, people, we're moving forward. It can't be an idiocracy. Yeah. It can't be idiots are the ones running the show, because they can't. So they were saying, this kind of stuff is. I'm starting to whine. No, no, I I agree with you. (laughs) It says, this is the kind of stuff that's important when you're trying to communicate um, with a wider audience. If you're mm-hmm. talking about science, they want you to reduce the use of jargon. Too many people think if they just define the terms, everything is set. But this work shows that this is not the case. I would say we need to start at an earlier age of teaching better reading comprehension mm-hmm. skills and opening people's minds to vocabulary. Yeah, that's all. These are not. We're not asking yeah. anyone to go out there and make an AI. We're just saying. Here, here are some words that, yes, it sounds like jargon today, but, but maybe it's tomorrow it's something that's in common, common parlance. And if you, never underst- if you never learn to understand something like motion scaling and tremor reduction, mm-hmm. how are we going to start talking about uh, more complex things around this kind of, mm-hmm. you know, this kind of movement or whatever right. it is, AI integration? Right. Oh, my God. You know? 
So yeah, so as the, today we're going to be talking about science and, uh, you know, we're going to be using some jargon or trying to use yeah. some jargon. We're not going to shy away from it. I'm not going to shy. We're going to try. And, you, you know, you'll hear me stumble most yeah. of the time. <laughs> well, things, me too. We're, we're, we're trying. trying. We're yeah. trying. Okay, so I have the top, I have top 10 inventions that changed the world. Okay. So these they, are old, old things. These are old things. Like the, 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 they'd put the wheel, but I... <laughs> the wheel. And the nail. Okay. I mean, these are really old. Okay. Um, without it, it, actually, nails were not really invented until the late 1700s. Really? This kind of nail. This kind of nail, okay. Yeah, we're talking I mean, about it looks like a, a railroad tie, a spike. The key invention, yeah, dates back to more than 2,000 years in the ancient Roman period. Um, only, but it, but with uh, the human's ability to cast and shape metal, mm-hmm. it became more mainstream, which led to the nail. No, it led to like you know the, the development of housing and buildings mm-hmm. because they could cast and shape nails. But nails, <laughs> blacksmiths heating a square iron rod and hammering it into four sides to create a point. That was crazy that they were able <laughs> to like, do that. Why is this thing so sharp? Yeah, but they d- didn't, like a lot of housing, like housing, I'm saying, but mm-hmm. like sheltered, it is all like lock and groove. That's true, yeah. Woven. Because you can't, like, groove. are you going to go out into the, you know, pioneer, like be, be on the frontier and trim all your nails? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You carve wood and yeah. you're doing stuff, but this nail was like a big deal. Uh, the printing press was okay. huge. Yes, we know the printing press. Yes. They're uh, trying to fight that today. Johann Gutenberg, mm-hmm. he invented the printing press in 1440. I once saw a musical of Gutenberg the musical. It was excellent. <laughs> yeah. It was really good. Okay. So that's like, uh, before that, you had to handwrite everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was much easier to keep um, information away from the plebs. Yes. yes. Now we got to trick people into it. <laughs> Understanding the information we want them to have. Yeah, but this was this was a major deal because only a very small popula- percentage of the population could actually read or had reading material. Yeah. Now, reading material is all over the place. But will people read it? Uh, <laughs> let's see what else is here. The telephone. Okay. That was a big one. We all know why. The light bulb. These are all... And penicillin. Yeah. Penicillin saved lives. Yeah, the pox. <laughs> <laughs> It's and it was only 1928. That's not that long ago. Oh, I didn't know it was that recent. Yeah. So uh, with that, with, with penicillin being mass produced, it fights a huge number of bacterial infections without harming the humans themselves. Yeah. So it cures a lot of people. A lot of people would be dead with other penicillin. Yeah. So I, I like that. The, so that's penicillin saves lives. The next one, baby. Preventing lives, contraception. Let's hear it for contraception, contraception, everybody. Yes, this is the big freeing one. women from the tyranny. No kidding. We're talking about the artificial contraception. We're talking about the pills. Yeah, the pill. That um, actually was invented in the late 1930s, and they kept chemists. it under wraps. Yep. Oh my God! So having fewer mouths to feed and yeah. being able to work, being able to control your reproduction, and not only and that, your period, and your period. This is another thing that a lot of maybe you all know this, listeners. Maybe you don't, but uh, the pill helps regulate the menstru- yeah. menstrual cycle. That's so what I used have, to use it for. Yeah. So if you have very heavy periods or irregular periods, mm-hmm. you now know when they're coming and they're very light. You can plan for them. I, so I this is I used the pill for that for years because I suffered from fr- fibroids. 
Right. And so it helped me to regulate my cycle, and it was very effective at doing that. Because it can be extremely painful yeah. when you miss work, yeah. or you can't even go into work because your yep. flow is so heavy. There, was many, there were many times when, before I was taking the pill regularly for this, that I did miss a lot of work. So yeah, it helps you know when the period is coming. Something... So this is, these are things that when people are, um, if religious groups or people think that it's preventing human life, no, mm-hmm. it is not your business. Yeah, it isn't your business. Your business. But also people are reasons. using it for, for many different reasons. Yeah. Uh, if you want to become pregnant, you simply stop taking it. Yeah. Sometimes when you're still taking it, you can become pregnant. Yes. Yes, it can still happen. But that was one thing that would help a lot of women, especially um if this pill were distributed and you had access to it, I mean, um, sanitary products would yeah. be reduced by. Yeah, you would. You would know. Um, for for me, it's like really the the timing of it. Yeah. Um, because it's it's very especially when you're young, it's very it's frightening to you that you may have your period at any moment. Yeah. You don't know where you're going to be, what you're going to be doing. And there's boom. Yeah, it's there, and you have to cope. Surprise! You don't know if you're going to be traveling. You're in the on the subway. <laughs> yes, you're standing in, in the subway is held up for yeah, whatever, or you're an hour. you're camping. Yeah, you know you're in transit. You have you have no idea when it's going to be. I found that something recently as they've been speaking of uh, the pill contraception. Um, apparently, they found out now that there's no reason for you to have your period, a period at all, and that it's really been not a conspiracy, but it's been promoted by companies like Tampax who rely on women mm-hmm. buying their products yeah. for having a regular period. But there's actually no all. There's a lot of mythology around why you should have your period, mm-hmm. but you actually don't need to have it at all. Apparently, yeah. And I wish I had known that. Yeah, <laughs> because. If, if you're not planning on having children and you don't need to have this regularly, why have it at all? Yeah. Oh, God. All right, cool. The, the, the pill. Yeah. They got the four R's. The four R's. Um, so innovation. So here's something really awesome. It's a roll-up screen. And they're saying eventually you'll be able to make it at home. A roll-up screen? Yeah, wow. nano-thin, flexible touchscreen that could be printed like newspaper. New touch-responsive technology is 100 times thinner than touchscreen material. So like what we have on our iPads or our iPods or whatever, a hundred times thinner than that. And you could roll it up like a piece of paper. No kidding. So, oh my God. Um, touch responsive technology, it's a, they're trying to create a conductive sheet at RMIT University. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they use a, a thin film common in cell phone touchscreens and, str- and shrunk it from 3D to 2D using liquid metal chemistry. So it's a nano-thin sheet. It's compatible with existing technology because of the the flexibility. And they think they could process it just like a newspaper, just like how you run a newspaper through, you know, the roll to make the Mm -hmm. thin sheets. They're going to be able to do this with these screens, apparently. Um, So their research said that most most cell phone touchscreens are made of transparent material, that was conducted, but it's very brittle, which we all know if you ever drop your phone and it cracks. Yeah. So this kind of technology, this new nano roll-up screen, wouldn't crack. 
Oh, wow. Okay. I'm not saying you could crumple it up. Yeah. But, you know, like a scroll, which I think is interesting because that's going back to old school, right? right? Like right, that, right. The, what are the easiest way? So they've taken an old material and transformed it. I'm saying you can bend it, you can twist it, you can make it far more cheaply and more efficient. So it's going to reduce the amount of battery that you have to use mm-hmm. as well. Um, and they're saying that eventually you'll be able to make them at home and print them out. Wow. So the technology is going to be so readily that. available that you could print your own screen. That's amazing. Like on, on a things, 3D printer or something? Or yeah. Like, it says with ingredients you could buy from a hardware store and printing on the plastic. So I don't even know if this is going... If they're saying it's 2D. Oh, God. So maybe it'll be something kind of like, you know, printers and something the size of a fax machine or a printer or something like that. You just say, print it out, roll it out. That'll be amazing. And there you have it. That's like what that would do for people yeah. all over the world. Um, so that's what they're working on now. There, there were, it's fully flexible. They said there's, they're up to now. They thought this was impossible. It mm-hmm. couldn't be done, but it's happening. Um, the research team have created a new material, make, then they used a touch screen. They've made proof of concept and they're applying for a patent now. And their hope is that they'll be able to partner with different manufacturers and industries that can get this thing out there. I would love to be able to roll up my, my, um, e-reader. Yeah, and to be able to make it as big as you want it, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, whatever size. So I could, because I'm old fashioned. I still read like the what's that New York Review of Books, yeah. which is like two feet by one feet. Long. Yeah, I know. And I'd love to. I'm being that asshole on the subway with a gigantic screen. Yeah, right. Like flipping through. <laughs> but there's so many things, and that would also influence shopping online because. Mm-hmm. With mobile conversion on the phone, yeah, versus desktop conversion. But also, what People about go home to shop because you have a bigger screen? But I could have, and we've talked about this before, like using uh, new technology to give us old things. I like Vincent Van Gogh's work. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want to buy a poster. I don't necessarily want to buy like a print of it. But if I could print this screen out, put it up, yeah, and have a see like a different work by him every day on the screen, yeah. I think that would be really cool. That's really neat. You know. So yeah. that the idea of like being able to have things to look at without having to physically have mm-hmm. something. Oh, that's a great yeah. idea to do it that way. Yeah. So um, yeah, nano thin flexible touchscreens printed like newspaper, nice. coming to us innovations, progress and innovation. <laughs> well, here's something that we all need, but okay. it's time to take a second look at. Okay. My favorite thing: air conditioning. Oh God, I, I hate air conditioning. Oh, I look. It's so bad. We'll take it over the humidity any day of Look, the week. I like, I like the cool air, but I don't, I'm always worried about the filters. Yes. And sometimes it, I feel like I'm getting sick from it. Yeah, and there's a reason for that because the air conditioner. Like you are getting sick. The air conditioner is nearly 100 years old and it hasn't evolved much. The technology is essentially the same as it was the day it was invented. Oh, so no. think about anything else, the car, the television, yeah. the phone, and how that design and how it works. Why hasn't has changed. this changed? It's like they said if the it inventor worked. of the air conditioner came back and saw the air conditioner today it'd be like it's the same <laughs> thing I made. Yeah. Like, like you guys haven't to, improved on this? Like he would be able to go in there and replicate it and fix it mm-hmm. versus the guy who invented I'll say guy who invented the TV or yeah. the car. They, they look at a car now or a television. I yeah. don't know how to put this together yeah, says yeah. that inventor. So it has changed our lives, making it possible for humans to thrive in places where heat would likewise make or life places unbearable. places that you, you shouldn't be, like Phoenix. Yeah, right. What about a hospital? You know, yeah. you need you need temperature control. I for think sure. that's what we're talking yeah, yeah. about. It's not just blasting the AC, so it's icy and 
And Unfortunately, terrible. it seems like a lot of places they do blast it, but there's there's no in between. Yeah, you know? so it's like trying to get like the humidity level down yeah. and make you comfortable so you can actually be productive or just enjoy your life. Yeah, you know. And also, I mean, if you're elderly or a child, you can't you if you can't regulate your own temperature, you need this. Yeah. Um. So um, this all comes at a cost, though. Cooling our air is responsible for ten percent of the planet's electricity consumption. Yeah. And it's growing. And as the world heats, the demand is going to grow, especially in developing countries. And it will increase the impact on the, on the climate. And it's this vicious cycle that's going going. I on. think a part so, of it, well, you, to your point of like cooling things inside, yeah. I think also we need to think about how we're designing things to aid that process yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, so that you can reduce the amount of air conditioning yes, exactly. that you need. Yeah, to so it's only when it, you so, need it. Right. You know? Right. Um, so our current technology is unsustainable, and there's a new coalition uh, led by America's Rocky Mountain Institute, okay. a nonprofit environmental research organization, and they have launched the Global Cooling Prize. Okay. It's an, a million-dollar a million competition designed to the next generation of air cooling systems. Wow. Yeah. So um, there's some very basic things you can do, too, though. Yeah, there's 1.2 billion room air conditioning units installed today, but it will increase to 4.5 by 2050. Right. So that's where you want to invest your money in. Yeah, in that, yeah. You know, um, so this demand of electricity is huge. Like this whole thing, and it's a big dilemma. So this prize sets specific guidelines to participants who were um, were tasked with designing the cooling solution. Um, so. This is happening. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. I mean, when I was uh, away, we built a house that doesn't require air conditioning. Mm-hmm. But we also noticed, especially among Americans and Canadians who were vacationing where we were, a complete inability to deal with any kind of heat at all. Mm-hmm. To the point where I was like, I think that you are They're so used to being in a cooled environment mm-hmm. all the time that the idea of just being in an environment that's not so cool, it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and as a result, there's a lot of air conditioning and they're destroying the very, you know, you're coming yeah, right. to a tropical place or a jungle and you can't even be, you know, outside under a tree um, because you have spent no time outside and you haven't mm-hmm. taken the time to become acclimatized to it. You're not drinking enough water. You're not wearing the right kind of clothes. Yeah, you know what right. I mean? You're the not whole doing, thing. You're, the you're whole like, thing. Do everything else. That you yes. Can do to and then out. the air conditioning. Right. When you, when you absolutely need it. But I remember a friend of mine who does some property management was saying that she went into a house that a bunch of Canadians were staying in and it was so cold that she was talking to them for a while, like, telling them about the house. They were like, are you okay? She started to, like, her lips started to turn blue. Wow. She was that cold. And they're, they're like, well, you know, what's the, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, what's the big deal? So there has to be, you know, air conditioning is fine, but, like, we have to get to a point where it's not freezing all the time. You work in offices. I work in offices. Some places you're like, come on, you could turn it down a few you well, know? no, actually, I know this is there. The battle of the air conditioner. Where people are wearing is, a sweater inside. Yeah, but the thing is, I, it's changing in a way that where I work now, actually. It's are you like, cold in there? I'm not cold. Okay. But I would like to be. But everybody else is like wants the air conditioning to be at a higher temperature, mm-hmm. and I am outvoted. 
so they're like too oh, bad. Oh, they want it. They want it to be warmer. warmer. They yeah, want yeah. It to be warmer. That's all. That's yeah. I'm always like, can we just have it be a little? Because you can. It's ridiculous to. I think it's it's made at a level for guys to wear like a three piece suit. Yeah, but you don't have to do that. Yeah. But we also have to change other things, like like I said, the way we dress, mm-hmm. and make it more casual. Yeah, in the office that you yeah. can wear, That's, you know. Yeah. So for me, I know I'm outvoted, so I have to yeah. find ways to keep myself cool. Like I always have. It, thankfully, there's ice in the yeah. So fan, I, a I, small I, fan, a little fan, ice. You know, staying change, hydrated. Just, you know, adjusting what I'm wearing. That you kind also of usually wear like natural fibers and mm-hmm. things like that. You know, like you you have to find there are ways yeah. that you can mitigate it. But yeah, for me, I'm always cold, mm-hmm. and I'm always and. What particularly incenses me, and there's a law against it now in New York, is businesses having air conditioning on and having the doors open. Yeah. That's now illegal. Yeah. Oh, good. Yes. They used to do that. I don't know, listeners, if you know, in New York City, a lot of the stores would open up their doors so the air conditioning spills onto the sidewalk. I'm pretty sure that either it's illegal or they just kind of tamp down onto it because... Talk about wasteful. Yeah. The other thing I find weird, too, is a lot of places, they keep the air conditioning on all the time. So, like, in a, all build, large buildings do. And buildings suck up a lot of our, um, a lot of the power mm-hmm. that we use. You don't need to have it air conditioned all the time. You know when people are coming in to work in the morning. You know how long it takes for that building to cool down. Mm-hmm. You don't need to have it running 24 right. hours a right. day. All right, so in this competition, it attracted over 2,100 participants. Oh, it already started. Yeah, participants from 95 oh, countries. I thought you were announcing it. No, from a long list of 139 teams, eight finalists were awarded $200,000 to develop prototypes and ship them to India for testing in the summer of 2020. Awesome. So this is, we're going to, so three of the eight finalists are from India. <laughs> okay, nice. Because it's hot. Yeah, it's hot. It's, it can be there. It's one place... I don't know if I could handle the heat. Uh huh. Well, depends on where you go. So there, we'll we'll hear more about this challenge and who the winner is and what that means. And keep your eyes peeled for that. But one um, uh, population that we did not discuss that needs help are people that have the heat intolerance gene, yeah. like me. And I brought this up. You know, what, in the future, yeah. I don't know if you guys are going to make it. Yeah. I like my doctor <laughs> because it's getting hot everywhere. I, I I I have said this before on the show. I don't like the heat. I don't like the yeah, humidity. Yeah. I'd rather have it cold. And I really, even as a kid, I mean, no matter what, my whole life I've been this way. But you like the beach. I do like the beach because there's a breeze and water I can go. Into. Okay, so you need to be either up north or like by the coast. Right. Yeah. Right, right. But the thing is, my What's doctor was saying. Now, do you, like, really, when you're in, when you get hot, do you really feel like it's, you know, life and death and, you know, you're mm-hmm. really, really, really uncomfortable and you can't go on. You physically can't go on. I'm like, yeah. She's like, then you might have this thing. It's a real thing. It's a heat intolerance, Jane. Okay. I don't know if I have it, but I say I do because I feel like I do. <laughs> you answered and the question have, correctly. And you have um, dubbed it casmeritis. Yes. So, I just want to say that casmeritis is a thing. Is a thing. So my question is: Is it is it a an ethnic a white ethnic I think thing? It might. Be. It can't be for people of color because like, we wouldn't have made it. I know. I. Oh wow! I don't know. I don't have. To there was a comic more. that I I saw a couple of months ago, and I wish I could credit this comic, but I'll just say it wasn't me. It was a young man I saw at an open mic, and he was talking about the weather and and heat, heat and race and all this. And he said, "I'm not saying there's a master race, but I am saying it's not the one that can't be in the sun for 15 minutes." <laughs> 
because that's with climate change. I know. It's going to be tough yeah. for people. Yeah. Like, you, you know, you're going to have to move northern. Yeah. You know, it's Canada, gone. Norway, Iceland, these kind of places. Because yeah. every place is getting hot now. Yeah. Unless we can come up with a, a cure for casmeritis. Yeah. The campaign for casmeritis is on, people. We're not offering a million dollars. But if you have any ideas. If you have any ideas. Send them our way. Send them, send them our way. So I have another really awesome technological thing. Okay. Um, so you saw the movie Black Panther. Mm-hmm. So there's scenes in Black Panther where the people, the Wakandans, communicate to each other by, by holograms. Yes. We're working on that technology right now. And there's a company that thinks they have cracked the case. Um, so there's a professor, Jun Suk Ro, of post-tech mechanical engineering and chemical engineering department, and his student, uh, this is the best name ever, Inky Kim. Inky, Inky Kim, I think yeah. Inky is an awesome name. Yeah, Inky Kim developed a multifunctional meta-hologram from a monolayer meta-holographic optical device that can create different hologram images depending on a direction of light incident on the device. So apparently the problem has been that we have holograms now, but you can only really look, view them from one direction. You remember this from when we were kids. You get the hologram, it's like in a cube or something, but you can only see it if you Mm -hmm. turn it a certain Mm -hmm. way. We have holograms on our money now, but the light has to hit it just the right way for you to be able to see it. What they're working on now is um, a hologram uh, projection system where you can view it from all angles. So you'll be able to actually see the 3D hologram. Mm-hmm. It's not going to fade or disappear. Now, can like in Black Panther, can you communicate with the hologram and can they see you too? What do you mean? So I'm showing you me as a, a hologram. Yeah. And because with I think in the movie, like there was the hologram, but they talked and they could see each other, right? Yeah. And, like they could, oh, right? Yeah, that's what they're working on. Like yeah. in Black Panther. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. So now, like. If you felt like it, you could hologram yourself in sure. my Sure. I don't know why I would. <laughs> and then you could see what's going on? I think, we'll be, oh, will I be able to see what's yeah, there? Yeah. Like, can you, like, in... If the stuff in your, if you have a camera on something that will show me what's in your apartment. Like, no, it's, the hologram of me can't look around. If that's okay. what you're asking. That's what I'm asking. No, they're not working on that yet. Oh, I was just... <laughs> I'm disappointed and relieved at the same time. <laughs> These guys would be like, but we had this awesome thing. This woman's asking, can the hologram see? We're not even at the hologram yet. <laughs> Inky Kim is like, screw it. <laughs> Throws prototype to the floor. Dejected and crying. Yeah, runs out the door. Like, what do these people want? I want a hologram that can see. I want a hologram that can see. The research accomplishment has been introduced as the cover story in, and we got to get this publication, Nanoscale Horizons. Nanoscale? Yes, it's a journal of, I guess, right. shit in the nanoscale world. All right. Um, so tele- they say television and beam pro- projectors can only transmit intensities of light, but the holographic technique can save light intensity and its phase information to play movies in three-dimensional space, which I think is really cool. So I'll be able to I say, like, hey, Katie, do you like this shoe? And then I will hologram it. You can look at it from all angles and be like, you know what, Jaquita, it looks cool, but the heel's a little off. Yeah. Uh, Pass. Okay. Oh, see, that's all right. Now, see, I made it more interesting for yeah. you. Thank you. Um, will, I need this kind of thing. Will the shoe be able to see? No. Still no. Inky Kim again is like, screw this. <laughs> um, so they're working on taking what conventional meta holograms that can only display in one direction and making it into something that can make a full 3D rendering. 
Um, so I think it's pretty cool. So I'm, I was speaking of jargon. I read this article twice. Um, and I didn't really have a problem with the jargon. Like if you read over it, it, it tells you what it is, you know, like, sure. Do I understand a hundred percent what a monolayer meta holographic optical device is? No, but if no. I kept reading the article, I kind of figured it out. Yeah. As far as I know. Although I need to get my hands on the January 2020 issue of nanoscale horizons and find out about I this. That sounds I like, like a cool, I hope it's a free journal. Yeah. Like, yes. I hope I don't have to pay to get, there's on a paywall for Nanoscale Horizons. They should be happy I'm trying to read it. I don't think it has a huge readership outside of the, uh, I think they'd be happy to. The Nanoscale world. But I'll just email them and be like, look, I'm a podcaster yes. with a slight interest in Nanoscale technology. That's like when I, uh, when I contacted Boston Dynamics. Yeah, and they and sent I, us stickers. Yes, I asked for a t-shirt and they're like, we don't have t-shirts, but we have stickers. I was like, yay. It but was, they're happy. They were cool. The stickers yeah. were cool. It looked like they had printed them and cut them themselves. Yeah. Because That's right. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. I have one on my computer right now. All right, talking about progress, here's five times civil disobedience made a difference since MLK's death. All right, just talking about progress. Yes, progress. Okay. So um, civil disobedience has been shown in many ways from the Boston Tea Party to mm-hmm. Gandhi to Rosa Parks. And it's a powerful means for exacting change. And one has a moral responsibility to disobey unjust laws. Yes. We have to. Yeah, we have to. Okay. So that sentiment has resonated over generations. And there's, there, here are five of the top ones over the past, like, 50 years that yeah. have really meant And them. also be wary of people who are like, uh, don't resist authority. Follow what they say. Those yeah. people are sheep. Yeah. Give them something to, to chew on. Send them on their way. Shear um, them. The nine, right. <laughs> Shear them. Share them for your life. Right. From your life, just get out of here. Uh, and the Olympics in 1968, it was the raised fist. Yes. It was a few months after um, King was assassinated, and runners Tommy Smith and John Carlos stood on the podium at the 68 Summer Games in Mexico City yep. after winning gold and bronze in and 200 meters. They bowed their heads and raised their black glove fists in protest of the treatment of African Americans. And they say it's a black, oh, black love, I thought. Black love. I like that, too. Black love. Black love fist. Yeah. Yeah. The black power fist. They were suspended from the U.S. Olympic team for the act. Um, They said, we knew we were going. Yeah, well, what do you care? What we were going to do was far greater than any athletic feat. Exactly. And And this is the the interesting thing, I think, about any country is like, especially for African Americans here, we're overrepresented in some areas and we're supposed to be representing this country and they expect us to swallow our pain and yeah. not say anything about yeah, what's yeah. going on forget it yeah swallow it the olympics by the way isn't even real but <laughs> raising your fist and showing allegiance for civil rights is mm-hmm. right in 1989 the tiananmen square massacre oh Ten yeah men. The photo of a nameless protester standing in front of a line of government tanks is a vivid reminder of the potential power of a single person and so the photo distilled the bravery and horror of the Tiananmen Square uprising in one single People image. in China still apparently don't know about that. They've tried to erase that p- from really? the history books, yes. The same way we erase things here from the history books. Mm-hmm. Okay, in Arab Spring. In oh, yeah, I remember Arab Spring. Tahrir Square, is that? Yeah. Um, uh, 26-year-old Mohammed um, Bouazizi self-emoluated to wow. protest the Tunisian government's authoritarian control. His desperate act sparked a protest that eventually led to Tunisian President Zine al-Abidine Ben Ali fleeing the country. 
Wow. And then it grew into a movement that spread across the Arab world, most successfully in Egypt, where President um, Hosni Mubarak, Mubarak yeah. stepped down and faced charges of killing unarmed protesters. Um, then also in 2011, there was Occupy Wall Street. I remember, remember that. that. Yeah, remember? I remember how they, they tried so hard to discredit that movement. I'm sorry, but nobody needs to champion Wall Street ever. Yeah. So in September of 2011, <laughs> like, a small group took over uh, Zuccotti Park in Lower Manhattan to protest, protest the growing wealth gap. Mm-hmm. The group wanted to highlight the fact that 1% of households in the United States own 40% of the wealth. It's more now. Yeah. What's I remember the, the cops were there trying to infiltrate it, trying to break. It's like, first of all, cops, you're not in the 1%. Yeah. What do you care? You're never going to get any of that 1%. What started as a localized act sparked a national global movement that highlighted the consolidation of corporate and political power. And remember, this was after 2008 with the whole, the banking. Yeah, where whole. we had just bailed out again Wall Street with, yeah. and not Main Street, because who cares about Main Street? Yeah. You know? So this was a bit that was a big deal. This yeah. went on for a, a long time, and this has become a common now. It's common knowledge. Yeah. what what is going the on? The ninety nine and the one percent. Yeah, and then in two thousand sixteen, Colin Kaepernick, yeah, a San Francisco Forty ers quarterback, decided to kneel when the national anthem was played before NFL games. It was a peaceful protest of how this country oppresses black people and people of color. His mm-hmm. actions spread to other players and other sports, kicked off national conversation, and drew the ire of the president. Yeah, I don't understand because you know, again, I'm not a I'm not a patriotic person. I'm also not like white. People get so offended by this kind of stuff, and I think if they see it as a defiance of their actual power, as opposed to I don't think they're offended because people are protesting the country. I think they're offended because they feel like somebody might ask them to give up something that they have. The, I can't. I, I've, I tried to talk to some people who who had a very big reaction to this in a bad way. Yeah. They didn't understand what was going on. And what I they said, say. what do you think it is? And they were like, that guy is making millions of dollars and he disrespects our country by Why? kneeling on, uh, when the flag is there. Okay, so I've heard this thing before about and the I money. Like, no. Is that all that's important to people? Money? And I was like, no. He, they were talking and I explained what it was and they were like, no, he is, he is making all this money and he should be happy that he's there. And really? That, yeah. So here, I mean, I've, this is what I read before. But like, I saw some stupid thing that, you know, Jay-Z and Beyonce or whatever didn't raise their hands or whatever, bow down to they the flag or they whatever. Didn't stand, yeah. They didn't stand. People were like, they've made tons and tons of money. Is that what white culture is about? Because you have made money, all the pain that other people are suffering yeah. and the pain that you have to suffer and the pain of your ancestors is gone. This is the same culture that gives way to, well, sh- somebody was assaulted, so if we just give them mm. some money. Doesn't that erase it? I, I have a couple things to say about like people standing for the flag. First of all, the flag should be displayed on government property yes. and the football stadium is not that is we've talked all. about the the use and misuse of the flag yeah you and, know and i'm just and people that get so crazy it doesn't go on a pair stand. of pants we've Does, talked about that you can't wear it you can't it desec- flag desecration you can't put it on a hat you can't make a pair of like zubas out of it yeah it's not to be you're not to wrap yourself in it yeah there right? people <laughs> desecrate the flag all, the, all time. the time and then get mad at somebody else yeah. for not standing. you can't make a tent out of it you can't, <laughs> you can't have a bandana. You can't have a bandana. But it's because it's not about the flag. It's not about right? the flag. It's about maintaining patriarchy and supremacy. Yeah. And anyone who dares to step outside of that is really 
you know, getting at the heart of it. Like, I think sometimes when people get upset about it, I'm like, look, no one's coming for your jet ski mm-hmm. in the cul-de-sac. You're fine. Yes. Someone <laughs> is trying to draw attention to, you know, some uh, something that's happening, and maybe you should look into it. Yeah. But money does not detract from the uh, the, the experience of racism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I it was, does not detract from sexism. I said, right? to, I said to him, this is, you love football, and you like the players. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. If if this guy was, if Colin Kaepernick was pulled over, you know what? He's going to be treated still a lot differently than any white person who is pulled over. It doesn't matter how much money yeah. he makes. Yes. That's, it doesn't that's, matter. That's the reality of it. The reality is that he's treated in a different way. Mm-hmm. And people with of the same color are treated in a yeah. different way. That's what he's drawing attention to. But I, I think what people don't understand, this is what I'm saying for, for people don't understand that money does not take away... The, the pain of mm-hmm. prejudice. Yeah. You know, like Oprah, <laughs> every once in a while some off-color thing happens to her and she has to remember that no matter how much money she mm-hmm. has and how important she is, people still see her as, uh, you know, as less than. Mm-hmm. And I think it's even more complicated when you have entertainment figures because it's like they're entertaining so many white people, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And they want to see them in a certain way. You think about how people just view entertainers in general. Mm-hmm. But when the, when entertainers actually show their humanity and have something to say, it's like, well, what is it? you're supposed to be dribbling a ball. Why are you talking about politics? Yeah. Or you're supposed to be, you know, making us laugh, yeah. not reminding us of the injustice. You're supposed to be bolstering the patriarchy yeah. and uh, white supremacy. Yeah, and now you want to talk about like, you know, rights? Like, uh, what a downer! I was enjoying my football. Yeah, it's like don't I mean, when people. Are are asked to even consider being a little uncomfortable mm-hmm. and shifting their 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 view, but they also get really mad the, the idea that those people are there to entertain them. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, it's like they're here, <laughs> do your entertainment. Yeah, do your thing, and that that there's a long and troubling history of that. Mm-hmm. But we're moving forward though with progress. Yes, <laughs> progress. Progress. So you play bass keys, drums, guitar, sing lead or rap, horns too. Looking for a place to go, Saturday night, 8 p.m. to 12. Funkadelic Studios, y'all. The fully equipped rehearsal studio has got everything you need to jam. What you waiting on? 209 West 40th Street. Come one, come all, and you can bring your bandmate, lover, or friend. Yeah, come prepare to jam. Okay. Um, so I have something here. Okay, NASA. All right. So NASA prepares to traverse Jupiter's moon Europa. NASA is planning a mission to look for life on Jupiter's moon Europa and has created a rover that will be able to navigate its icy surface. But right now they're trying this this um, rover. It's called the Buoyant Rover for Under Ice Exploration. Again, uh, brewy. These are t- like come up with something like more fun, brewy, brewy. Yeah, buoyant rover for under ice exploration. So it can traverse sheets of ice. It can anchor itself to the surface and like clamp along. And then it can also, it's waterproof and it can roll around upside down beneath the the ice. It can like roll along the the bottom of the ice. Oh, nice. So they're trying, they're trying it right now um, in Antarctica Mm -hmm. to see. So it rolls on top of the ice and then it rolls underneath the ice. That's cool. It looks pretty cool. And they're going to, because they they think that Antarctica has conditions similar to Europa. So they want to send it to Europa 
to see if there's any kind of life there. If there is life there, get out now. You have until 2025 to get out before we find you. Because when humanity finds you, you know what's going to happen. Um, but they say that the moons of the moon that they're trying to go to is 162 degrees minus 162 degrees Celsius. So hopefully this, whatever this thing is made of, can withstand that. Although I have a we, I have a fantasy in my mind that it gets there and it immediately gets eaten by something. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like <laughs> all this time and money. It's like in the science fiction, the films you see, they're like, oh, what do we see? And the next thing is like a mouth. Yeah. <laughs> then darkness. You know, so yeah, that we're we're going to Europa, the the moon of Jupiter. Nice, I want like Jupiter. Yeah, I, I, although I'm like maybe we should just leave these places alone. Jupiter's like huge. they're already nice. Isn't Jupiter? Yeah, huge? Jupiter's the huge one. Yeah, but the the moons. I guess we think we can get there. The mission is launching in 2025. Um, yeah, and the Europa is the smallest of Jupiter's four Galilean moons because it was discovered by. Galileo, mm. who they immediately were like, this guy's a heretic because he's seen something. Yeah. He's got words. He's got <laughs> jargon. He's got jargon. Yeah. <laughs> what is this jargon? Get him before he defines it for people. Uh, I'm drinking. Uh, Katie has brought me a new thing here. It's called Aspire. Oh. It kind of looks like either there's going to be tampons inside or it's Virginia Slims. Yes. It's going to come flying out of this thing. <laughs> it actually has like a beautiful floral It's very pattern. beautiful. It's nice. Uh, Aspire healthy energy, calorie burning. So I'm going to lose weight by drinking this. That's right. It says no calories, no sugars, no carbs, lightly sparkling and refreshing. There's no booze in this, is there? No booze. What a shame. Okay. Anyway. Aspire. Anyway. So democracy. And you're not, you didn't even get paid for that. No. And you're just trying it. I'm just trying it. It's delicious. This is the danger tizing. It could be good. Right. It could be bad. I don't know what my reaction is going to be. A danger tizing. Yeah. That was your idea. Aspire. I thought it was a great idea. I think I still am doing it right now. Danger ties. Uh, here are some ideas that change the world. Okay. So it's not just things, it's thoughts. It's thoughts. They're also bad. So anyway, democracy. In early history, most societies were governed by a small clique. Okay. Of <laughs> oligarchs or one powerful king or ruler. Democracy has been revolution. Is that different now? I know, but democracy <laughs> like a, is the idea. It's, it's the, the idea, idea yeah, yeah. that everybody in society should have a say in who governs mm-hmm. and who governs them. Okay. And everyone has the opportunity to participate. Here's two people. Which one do you guys want? Here's mm-hmm. a slate of characters. Which yeah. one do you want is democracy? Yeah, so ancient Greece had some of the early experiments with that. Um, and we see how that turned out. Yeah. And now the United States, and we're seeing how this is turning. Yeah. But still, the idea is the idea, yeah. forward. Because yeah. imagine if there was no democracy, or not even the idea, what would the world look like? Um, like most of the world. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> uh, then the independence, independence movements. And like okay. When um, the American independence movement was one of the first major breaks from a colonial power. Yeah. When that was... That was something. <laughs> that was something. And well, the, and also, did they talk about the colonial, the, the actual move, like you know, African nations breaking away from colonialism? Yeah, yeah all yeah. of that. And the um, the ones to be that is not just one group of white people. Yeah, trying to flee another group. Latin American countries going going for independence. Yeah, India gained independence yeah. from the UK. It's that idea of breaking away and saying Scotland hey, is trying to gain independence. Right. 
Here's another idea is feminism. <laughs> yes. Still working on that one. All yeah. of these movements still being worked on. Freedom, basically, is what yeah. we're talking about. Thought of through most of human history, power was largely exercised by men. Mm-hmm. What? Who? How could this be? I know. With the lives of women limited to narrow spheres. Yeah. It was widely believed that women were not suited for certain jobs, voting, taking part in politics. Mm-hmm. And I would like to counter that by saying that there have been times throughout history where those ideas weren't as prevalent. Mm-hmm. Um, it ebbs and flows. Yeah. Like, there have been societies where women had a lot of freedom and something close to equality. Yeah. But those obviously have been stamped out. Yes. <laughs> and the ideas about those societies have been stamped out as well. Yeah. In the 19th century, the women's suffrage movement campaigned for the right of women to have the vote. Mm-hmm. There were similar attempts for women to move into previously men-only fields. For example, in the 19th century, we see the first registered female doctors, lawyers, and engineers. Mm. Can you believe this? So sad. I mean, and this is where the West falls down, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's the idea of, like, taking the word feminist and making it an ugly word. Making of course. Making it a, a horrible thing or, like trying to spin it so oh feminists yeah. hate men that's not true it's for yeah it's for equal rights some uh-huh. do some don't but that's not you don't have to be a feminist to hate a man yeah yeah right that's not the <laughs> definition of feminism yeah you don't have to be a woman to hate men yeah um and there's communism mm-hmm. that was another idea against the backdrop of victorian capitalism Karl marx and uh, Frederick Engel wrote the Communist Manifesto, which called for a revolution to overthrow capitalism and replace it with a communist society based on equality. Yeah. And much like democracy, this has never really happened either. Yeah. The political and economic philosophy was an important feature in the Russian Revolution. Communism led to the polarizing of politics during the 20th century and was supported by many countries seeking liberation from colonial rule. Yeah. Because there's, no, there's nothing more capitalistic than a colony. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, really, you know. Communism as a political force largely died out with the collapse of the Soviet Union in the early 19- 1990s. Yeah. Is that the UN? No, yeah. Oh, human rights. Oh, this No, well, this is another thing about progress was the U- United Nations. Yeah. After the First um, World War... President Woodrow Wilson mm-hmm. Wilson <laughs> wanted to create a new world order, which would prevent a, des- a devastating war in the future. Yeah. Among his 14 points, he advocated for the League of Nations, um, which would be an international forum trying to help diffuse conflict and offer diplomatic solutions. And it proved to be very limited in influence. The second attempt well, yeah. was made of the United Nations. Yeah. And include all major powers and often play the leading role in global affairs. I think it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Just I think it's more. a great idea as well. But, I mean, I think there needs to be more power sharing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it needs to be more diverse in every sense of the word. You can't just send your top assholes from every country yeah. <laughs> to try to work. You can't just send the 1% from every country mm-hmm. to figure things out. Um, Go to Davos for that. Human rights. Still working on that. Uh, yeah. Throughout history, many states have ignored basic human rights. A, like a Mississippi. Uni- yeah. Like, like The Universal Declaration of Human Rights made an attempt to formalize the basic rights. Everyone has the right to freedom of thought, conscience, and religion. This right includes freedom to change his religion or belief or freedom, either alone or in community with others, and in public or private, to manifest his, his or her, religion or 
belief in teaching, practice, worship, and observance. Mm-hmm. That was in 1948. I mean, it's very interesting because I it still boggles the mind, and we just, we talk about this all the time. I don't I don't want to have that kind of control over people. And the people who do, they need to fuck off and go somewhere. Yeah. Like, no no one is, no it's one should be subjected thing, yeah. to your, your like, you want to go and handle snakes? Fine. I'm going to go over here and handle a book. You know what I mean? Yeah. We don't need to interfere with each other. Right. And the thing is, it's like, people who want, want to handle snakes think everybody should handle yes. snakes. Yes. And it's like, no. You don't have to read. It is my suggestion that you read a book. I'll make a book available to you, but I'm not going to force you to learn. Yeah. Right? Another thing is scientific method. This is a big ah, one that has helped. The scientific method. Yeah. Um, in the Middle Ages and Renaissance, there was a growing use of the scientific method. Rather than relying on past texts, previous beliefs, and even mythology, yes. a scientific Plenty. method <laughs> sought to understand scientific truths through, through observation of the natural world. What's wrong with thinking about the people who have one gigantic foot? <laughs> Plenty. Or the people who walk on their heads because they're on the other side of the earth. That's right. Again, plenty. Yeah. It also involved creating hypotheses and testing them against observable results. Mm -hmm. It was a critical aspect of the scientific revolution of the Renaissance period. And um, early practitioners were were, persecuted. Yeah. Francis Bacon. uh, Anyone. but, But still... We got a lot yeah, of no, stuff no. about it. Yeah. We got to keep going. A lot of, a lot we got to keep moving stuff. forward to progress. Yeah. Progress. Thank you for listening to Hey You Know It. Stay in touch with us during the week. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Tumblr. Go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. We'll read it on an upcoming show regardless of content. As always, we love your emails. Send us an email at heyyouknowit at gmail.com with your comments, questions, and segment ideas. Emails will also be read on upcoming shows. Please tell your friends about us because you know we don't advertise. And let them know we can be found on iTunes at stitcher.com and at heyyouknowit.com. Thanks. I mean, it depends. Some of these things, I think, you know, because a lot of these things are credited of coming up in the West. But, uh, you know, there's probably somebody. Excuse you. What are you doing? Wait, we're right here. Wrong studio. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, my God. I saw that. (laughs) Glad that was recorded. (laughs) I was afraid you were going to get hit in the head. No, no, no. I'm okay. Um, Where are we? I grab. Anyway. Fuck it. Progress. I forgot what we were talking about. I was, we were talking about progress. What was more described? Ah! Like, I thought something was going to happen. <laughs> anyway, so... So one of my favorite things about progress is... Um, the forward-moving aspect of it. Right. Right. That was terrible. <laughs> I'm trying to wrap this up. There's no way to wrap it up. Progress and innovation. But yes. We're well, all about so we, it. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed this. <laughs> I'll figure something out. I don't know. That's what the editing is for.